0: this is a download from bfm 89.9 the business station
1: last situation before halftime, red card and um so yeah
2: second half was a different game challenging for concentration and stuff like this because it's we're all human beings and um, <laughs> um, that's how it is sometimes i think the, i told the boys the, the, the mistake which happened most often in football history is probably that people um Judge a situation like this in the wrong way. So, and um, we didn't. We just kept the ball rolling, um, yeah. Let them run, and um, then we scored the goals. Nice goals. Yeah, can see the penalty. I'm sure it was one, but it was one because um, he was allowed to shoot, and um, Ali saved it. And so, all good. Everybody was involved. Everybody had a real hand in this result.
1: Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9.
3: Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool boss, speaking after the champions laid down a marker for the rest of the league at the weekend. Off the ball with me, Ross, on a Monday evening, looking back at the weekend's EPL with my very special guests. Cam Roslan is here. Hello, Cam. Hey, Ross. What excited you the most over the weekend, Cam? Well,
0: I mean, you know, Arvin's here, and uh, I, I couldn't say Leeds. I, Everton. No, Everton. Sorry, I take that
3: back. Everton. Everton. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a very disappointed Man United fan in Craig Marias here. All right, Craig. Yeah, how you doing, Ross? <laughs> not a great Not a great weekend for myself. And feeling exactly the opposite with a Leeds United fan in Arvin Sidhu. Hello, Arvin. Hello. Hello, everyone. Exciting times. Exciting times. Uh, Do tweet at BFM Radio. Do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel up and running. It's TFIF on video. Right, let's start our look back at the weekend's action. Then the big one on Sunday, Chelsea nil. Liverpool 2, Liverpool delivering a powerful statement of intent about their desire to retain the Premier League. Uh, a lot's been spoken about Chelsea, Craig, and, and yeah. uh, Liverpool went there, Mane, showing that he's, he's fine with that world-class tag.
2: Yeah, um, they, they had something to prove, I think, Liverpool, you know, especially, um, you know, take, take this week up, how, um, you know, they, they've been under pressure to, to actually go to the transfer market and buy, uh, similarly to how Chelsea have. Um,
3: but how well did they do that uh,
2: with Thiago oh, and Jota? Absolutely fantastic business. I mean, you talking about a proven uh, talent in, in Jota, who's still like 23 years old. Uh, then you've got Thiago, who's arguably one of the best midfielders in the world, uh, signing for $20 million. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous the business that they've done there. Um, and then you add to the fact that they're already reigning champions. So, um, uh, you know, they, they, there's a lot of quality in that squad. Um, obviously, the, the sending off in this game uh, was a key, key factor.
3: And it was correct. Um, he got the wrong side of money. Well, he's grappling, he's grappling, he's, he's wrestled grappling, to the he's ground, he's down. threw a
2: goal. Yeah, 100%, 100%, uh, sorry, 100% red card. Um, no, no qualms about that, but then, you know, straight away, Liverpool, you know, smelt blood, and that's it, you know, um, second half, stepped it up, beautiful first goal, uh, yeah. from the front three. Yeah, um, Salah, Firmino, and then, and then Mane finishing it off. Um, but, overall, I mean, in the second half, yeah, Liverpool, I mean, 10 men, uh, I think Chelsea really suffered when it went down to 10 men.
3: Mm. Um, Cam, before the game, Frank Lampard had already highlighted the fact that Chelsea were after a goalkeeper. I understand they've done a deal with Wren for, for Eduard uh, Mendy, uh, who's, who's coming in for £20 million. But looking at that game, you can understand Frank Lampard's <laughs> ire. Uh, Kappa. He was he was flustered, he was flabbergasted, and he was at fault for the second one.
0: Uh, yeah, and question marks over him for a long time, and he's uh the look on his face after that second goal. Just like, <laughs> he just
3: wanted the broken. hole to swallow him up.
0: Yeah, we've all seen that from goalkeepers, that look, you know, when they've just totally broken. But I don't know if Frank Lampard's gonna be the Chelsea manager by the end of the season. I I've said Last season, that this is going to be a really bad season for them. They they let in far too many goals, and that that Mane the red card against Mane shows the desperation when you have to rugby tackle the guy when you're you're so split open um, that the last thing you the only thing you can think of is just to haul him down. And I I, I think that it's going to be really tough for, for Chelsea.
2: Well, let's not forget, Cam. Um, you know, they do have Thiago Silva uh, still to come in. They do have Ben Walter still yeah. to come in. Um, so they have gone out and they have strengthened that defence. Um, I think for me, the big thing is, you know, you're talking about signing, what is was it, seven, eight players or whatever it is that they spent. And then you, you, you're throwing them together and saying, right, go out and play. Like on paper, fantastic signings. You know, we know uh, the quality of each player. But, you know, that, that time that they need to gel... Um, you know do do I have enough time before Frank Lampard under a lot of pressure like Ham
0: said Uh, I mean if he's just throwing these players together then it's just ad hoc making it up as he goes along whereas you're up against a a Liverpool side that's so sewn together
3: Mm. well Mm. this is it Uh, Arvin I mean talk about statement of intent we've spoken about the two signings but but we see how this Liverpool side are playing now and, and they really have a world class front line uh, coupled with a
1: super midfield and a very, very good defence. They do. I, I thought Fabinho was, was excellent as a centre-back. That's not his That's not his natural position, but it's a position that you expect him to play much more this season. He was strong. He was versatile. He snuffed out Timo Werner trying to be quick on the break. Um, Henderson looked better compared to his game against Leeds. I thought he didn't play well in the first game of the season, but he looked better before being taken off of half-time of an injury. And Sadio Mane was just relentless. I mean, I, I think Sadio Mane sometimes doesn't get enough credit for the heading that he does because he scores a lot of crucial goals with his head. You're so, really, yeah. yeah. So, they, they, they've got a very strong... Um, each part of the, the squad is very well-equipped. But, but back to Chelsea again, I mean, I, I honestly... I do not foresee any keeper in the league right now that's worse than, than Kepa Ariza because that there isn't anyone that is as bad as what he is doing right well, now. Well, his confidence
3: so, is totally shot now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. confidence. But I also, it looks like a point that he doesn't seem to really care anymore. And if you notice, this has all been a downfall since he had that scenario with Marit Sari and telling him, yeah, you know, yeah. don't sub me off. That there's something with Kepa yeah, from an right the attitude there. perspective that is just not working. And interestingly enough, I read uh, Chris Sutton, ex-Chelsea boy, came on and said, Kepa is the biggest flop since since he was a flop because he went there for 10 minutes and <laughs> and, and, and left after one season so yeah but uh, but but yeah chelsea need to gel they they will need a bit of time but lampard will be expected to deliver if not I'm with Cam, I think he could go by the end of the season if they don't deliver what they need to deliver. All
3: right. Well, every time the camera went on to the Chelsea keeper, Kepa, I kept thinking he was going to burst into tears. Uh, Quite the opposite for Everton's number nine, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Everton went top of the table momentarily after the win. They beat West Brom 5-2. They came from behind as well because Grady Diagana with a really nice goal for West Brom, you thought, hello... What's yeah. going on here? But then, uh, uh, a career first hat-trick for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. James Rodriguez as well, Craig, getting on the score sheet. And he's continuing from game one. He, he looks very, very
2: good indeed. He does. He didn't get really uh, any returns in the first game, but he looked very impressive. Um, and, and this game, you know, he, he was... I mean, we knew when James Rodriguez was coming to the league, he would be a different class. It was just a matter of like how quickly he could adjust to the Premier League. Um, and, and it looks like it's taking to, to a duck to water because he's really, really, um, you know, come fair enough, you know, it's West Brom, a newly promoted team, but he's still going to go out there and do it. Hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, he's got a wonderful left foot, hasn't he? Um, and, and he's going he's to be fantastic in the Premier League and fantastic for Everton this season. Um, yeah. You talk about players, we talk about Chelsea and players gelling together. Their midfield is basically just made up. Uh, on the spot, it was literally Carlo Ancelotti signed them a week before and said, "Hey, go play Andy and Corre, Allen, um, and add uh, hummus to that." Um, so you know, you, you talk about two different styles of coaching, I'm sure, uh, but they they've they've managed to gel straight away. Um, David Luwin, uh, I think that he can't be too far from an England call-up. Um, I, I think he's got everything really. Uh, the only thing he lacks is consistency uh, to his game. Um, he's quick. He's strong. He puts himself about. Um, he's a really, really good player. But once he gets that consistency in his game, where you can say, OK, you can rely on him to get you 15 to 20 goals a season, um, You know, then you can really talk about him being a top-top player. But he's got all the ingredients to be one.
3: Yeah, well, six goals in a season in his first three Premier League campaigns. And then Ancelotti came along. Last season, Calvert-Lewin got 13, and he's already got four so far yeah. in, in two games. Cam, do you think this Everton side are for real? Is it just a little phase, a little buzz they're going through? Or can they really challenge?
0: Well, uh, two games in is the perfect time to make season-long predictions.
3: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we come to uh, you for that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think so. I, th- I think so, actually. There was one uh, – we mustn't forget Rich Allison. I think that really. Rich- cashing in on uh, James Rodriguez's uh, arrival. He's always there to pick up those crosses, to pick up the bits and pieces. And uh, there was this, the second-to-last goal when James Rodriguez just popped the ball over the, the mm. defense line mm. and Richarlison was there. That, to me, is a, that's a real key to unlocking defenses if you can have that. So uh, I think so. little question mark over there, goalkeeper, uh, which has been going on for a while. It was a fantastic free kick against him. Um, it has to be said, but the fact is that he is a little short and uh, (laughs) he was really unable to get anywhere near that one, so uh, you know.
3: All right, a little bit about West Brom here, Arvin Uh, we we saw Diagana with the goal Um, it was also a a really nice free kick from from Pereira they've shown that they've got maybe, attacking wise they, they can put up a fight and ask a few questions, but it is defensively where they really need to shore up, they they've shipped some goals, haven't they?
1: They have, and it, it's it's kind of a trend that's happened since the championship. Kyle Bartley is the back there. There's a lot of goals, and even in this game where goals can be prevented, he doesn't. He's not quick enough to get to the ball. Sami Ige struggled for most part as well. But it, it's the same ethos of what West Brom were about last season. Grady Dangana on one side, Matthias Pereira on the other side. Mm-hmm. They're so creative, but and I mean. It's, it's two losses in two for West Brom, which is never a good start. But keep an eye out that they have actually um, signed Conor Gallagher from, from Chelsea. He's a young boy. He's an England under-21 international. He did really well in the last season, bringing Swansea to the playoffs. I think he'll do well for West Brom. Uh, but they really need to show up at the back. And surprisingly, I mean, ex-defender in Slavon Bilic, you would think that a team coached by him would be able to defend a little bit better. But they've kind of followed from the, from the mantle of last season in the championship. Yeah conceding goals which can be prevented. And, well, uh, but yeah, but yeah inter- interesting bit about the Hamas bit is uh, I saw a very nice clip on the net where uh, after the game, uh, an Everton player went up, uh, Everton fan went up to him in his car and gave him a, a bottle of wine. And I thought that was a real symbolic gesture because Hamas Rodriguez is just like wine. He will get better as the years go on. So, <laughs> hey,
3: so, yeah. Very good, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, Slavin Bilic and Kieran Gibbs were shown red cards for West Brom in that match. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Man United. A delayed start to the season. Craig, we we were speaking about this. So far, that the two teams who've been afforded an extra week have lost Burnley and Man United. United were just, were not at at the races in in this tie against Crystal Palace. Wilfred Zaha, if you allow him that much space, if you allow him that much time, he's going to hurt you. He's going to hurt you bad.
2: Yeah, they didn't look sharp at all, um, and you know I, I'm interested, really interested to see how City get on tonight as well, uh, because that week uh, you know United have not had a preseason, and I said they I can't remember if it was on this show on uh, on, on the FPL channel, uh, but I did say you know United, um, you know I think they only played Villa, yeah, uh, come, uh, after their break after the European exploits, um, so it's not ideal. It wasn't ideal. Then they had the international breaks where you know eighty percent of the squad you know, flies off with their countries. Um, But but at the end of the day, I still, you know, I can't use that as an excuse. You know, I I think it was just a very poor performance. You talk about match fitness, um, you know, it's not like the place had a month off, you know, it's a couple of weeks off and then, you know, you're back in it. You shouldn't be um, unfit or, or, you know, less sharp or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a really, really disappointing performance, I think, from United. The the key to this was, I mean, from a defensive point of view, uh, was Victor Lindelof. Uh, because, you know, almost all three go- of the goals uh, came from him um, conceding. Um, I, I still think the penalty is very, very harsh. Yeah. I mean, if well, you give me that, it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, we need to speak. I about, mean, this is yeah. what...
2: Yeah, yeah I want to talk about Martin, I
3: mean, Martin Atkinson, un- under the, the new uh, law from, from the lawmakers, they, they say yeah. the the on-pitch referee is allowed to go and have a look. So that he can make the call himself. No, perfect. How,
2: no, I'm absolutely fine with yeah,
3: that. Yeah, but how he did not see that it literally was a brush off the knuckles. That he, it was yeah. in a running position. His his hands yeah. right. This was. He wasn't the even looking one at the, one over the
2: weekend as well. Yeah, uh, he wasn't even looking at the ball. Um, you know, he's 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 turning away. It's come off of him. No, no clue where the ball is, um, and how uh, you know, Mayan Atkinson can, can give that. I think there was a, um, was it was it the Leeds game? There, there was another really soft penalty that was given, um, you know, which, you know, I, I mean, it baffled me, absolutely baffled me that that, that it was given. Um, you know, going back to even the Brighton game yesterday, I thought, you know, St. Maximan's, uh penalty yeah. for Brighton. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was soft, I mean, he got the ball. There, yeah. been a, a bit, there, there have been a couple, but what I will say is that I, I really wanted referees to go to the monitor, make a decision, um, and you know, and then you know, base it off that, and that's what they've done. So I can't, I can't really, I yeah. can't really like criticize that too much because that's how the referee seen that. And last season, I really called for this. All right, um, so, well, so it would be similar to the World Cup.
3: Maybe it's just opening a whole new can of worms here. Yeah. Um, what about Palace then, Cam? What, what are your impressions? I mean, they went there, smash and grab. I think it's the first time in eight years that Crystal Palace have won their opening. No, it's the first time ever they've won the opening two games of a Premier League season. Um, how good. good are always, they? Well, it's always
0: the question, isn't it, with these things. Is, did Palace win or did United lose? Um, and and I can't help thinking that I mean Zaha is a phenomenon. I have no recollection of when he used to play at Manchester United. Because <laughs> <know.
3: laughs> he didn't. Because he didn't. A right. couple of sub sub appearances and that was it. it he right. started, I but
0: don't think. He, he is uh, a magnificent player and and exactly the kind of player that you you would want. I think though that United were were absolutely dishevelled. It was uh, a really appalling performance. Everyone's pointing a finger at Lindelof and i but i do wonder about the maguire situation court case thing i wonder if this is playing on people's minds mm. uh, and also i'm uh, it i'm really interested to see the effect that the no crowd in the stadium is having on people uh, and it must be even worse when the only person in the crowd is Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> uh, the pl- everyone can hear his eyeballs rolling. And it, must, it must be terrifying. I mean, no, United, abs- that worst performance, I think, of the entire weekend of any, any, any team.
3: Right. I think that's a fair point to go into our first break then. Uh, good win for Crystal Palace. Uh, more of the weekend's EPL action then right after
2: this. No, a happy return, but a reality check bordering on a rude awakening.
3: Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Well,
0: the rules have been clarified, and, and they've looked to, to balance things fair in a fairer
3: fashion. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Cam, Craig, and Arvin here, looking back at match week two of the EPL uh, Leeds United are, are great fun. 14 goals in their, in their two games so far. I Yeah, you heard me right. I said 14 goals. Uh, another 4-3 result, this time in their favor. Leeds United played their, their first home game, Arvin. The last time Leeds United played at home, I believe the TV sitcom Friends aired their final episode in the USA. Some 16 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> How old do you feel, guys?
1: Um, okay, so back after 16 years, first home game, like you said, on the backdrop of a newly named Norman Hunter stand, this was what Bielsa has come on and said. A lot, of, a lot of people have said, is he going to be able to replicate or be able to change the way that he plays football? He's not. The way that you see the Premier League of the Leeds Bielsa is the exact same Leeds Bielsa in the Championship. He's not going to change his principles. He's going to go for it. The good thing is, compared to last season, is the conversion rate has has increased significantly.
3: Yeah, I was just significantly, going to say,
1: significantly, Hamford
3: significantly. Is, is selfless in his running up front.
1: Exactly. I mean, he he wins the ball high up the pitch. That was a brilliant team goal. To have that turn of pace that he did, you would have never seen that in the championship. And it's it's all due to the fact of how fit Bielsa runs these boys. Uh, Matthias Klitsch is such an important narrative of the lead squad. He's really... Probably Bielsa's first name on that, on that list. Helder Costa is looking dangerous, looking like the 15 million player that they bought. Um, granted, yes, uh, they are conceding at the back, but it's down to a lot of the fact that that defense is, is missing Ben White and they've got a new player in, and it takes time to gel. Robin Koch came in and they've thrown him right back right in there. So it will take a bit of time. My only concern with Leeds right now is how do they fit this Rodrigo piece? Because Patrick Bamford is Bielsa's. Main guy up front. He's but that, that's been... where
3: Rodrigo needs to play. That's where <laughs> Rodrigo
1: needs to play. So yeah. it's it's a very interesting conundrum of how Bielsa is going to fix this. Because otherwise... he tried
3: he tried to shoehorn Rodrigo into that midfield and it didn't he work did. in that first forty-five. It did It
1: didn't. he took he took he took Rodrigo out due to a tactical reason. It was nothing yeah, else to do. Yeah, yeah. No injury, nothing. So the interesting bit was Leeds fans: is how does Rodrigo fit? Do you play up two up front? Do you put him sort of like in the hole behind Bamford? But trust Bielsa to make it come good. But yeah, again, another humdinger of a match, really. Hmm. Well, for
3: for Fulham, uh, you can always turn, Craig, to Alexander Mitrovic. Because if you've got, Bob was saying, the difference between Fulham and all the other teams that have come up is Fulham actually have a proper number nine who will get you goals. And then it's how you build around that. I know they lost. I know it's 4-3, but last season, it was a 3-0. <laughs> they, they lost at yeah. Ellen Road,
2: right? <clears throat> yeah, I always think it's important that you have a, a proven striker. Um, you know, we've seen you know, teams like Newcastle, West Ham, spend ridiculous amount of, of, of money on, on strikers like uh, Joe Linton, mm. uh, Sebastian Haller. um Guys who are unproven, don't have a great record, but Mitrovic, you know what he can do at this level. I mean, he's been in England for about four five years now, I think, uh, you know, including his time at Newcastle um, and, and he's always got new goals. Um, what I liked about his second goal was the way he started that move up as well. He, You know, he got the ball, you know, knocked it out to the wing, got inside the box and it was a fantastic cross at the end. Uh, just hit. right on his head. Yeah, <laughs> question marks about the lead keeper though. Um, yeah. He came, came out for that and if you come out for that you really, really have to go and get it. Um, but, but, you know, going back, uh, you know, you mentioned about Koch um, I, I just thought it was really harsh as well. Um, you know, so that's I second penalty in two games as well. Mm. Yeah, um, he was running you know, away from it, be... and
3: it was literally yeah. on the edge of the box. So, yeah, yeah by the I letter mean, of the law, he he did clip him, I guess. So I, I don't know. Oh, it but... was a brush. Yeah, you
2: know, uh, <laughs> I, I just think it was really soft. Um, but yeah, Fulham. Uh, I, I I don't know what to make of. I think they will struggle. Uh, I I really do. Hmm. Um, I think they've got Mitrovic though, who will get you. They're a good 10, 15, but
3: uh, I can't see them staying up. I really can't. But Cam, Leeds are already, after two matches, Confirm this season's Premier League, uh, everybody's other favorite team in, in the Premier League. <laughs> it, so i I'm, I'm, It's gotta be yours, right? It's gotta be up there for you.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong uh, Leeds Rovers fan <laughs> uh, for the last two days. Um, I, I think, you know, boring, boring Leeds United, it's, um, it's, a, it's a lot of goals. I think this is actually going to be a really high-scoring season across the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, but, you know, last time, last weekend, 4-3, they were on the losing side, but there were really positive signs. Yeah. They always looked in control in this match, but at the same time, against Fulham, to, to be allowing in three goals against probably the worst team in the league. Um, West Brom, a little bit
2: worse. <laughs> yeah, but they, they're neck and neck and neck too,
0: yeah. <laughs> but defensively, uh, uh, what's the word, naivety or uh, over-enthusiasm? Uh, there's a, uh, they've been, you know, this is not good um, defensive action
2: there. <laughs> Just going on that, um, you know, that defensive naivety that, that Cam talks about, we saw last season in Norwich, you know, who were, I mean, they, they came, they played the same style of football that they played in the championship, which was really successful for them. Um, it, it was, you know, good on the eye, but in terms of results, you know, it left them very open. Um, and then, you know, as the season went on, you know, big you know, players lost confidence and, and, you know, just kind of petted out. But, I mean, I don't think Leeds have the same kind of naivety. I, I think they've got better players. Um, I, I do think they definitely got a better manager, but they don't want to fall into that trap, and it's easy to get sucked into. You know, I, I'm very interested to see like when you know when they go to City, when they go to Chelsea, when they go to these big teams. Are they still going to play the same way? And yeah. if they are, you know, they, they could be in a lot of trouble.
1: The, the key, the key will be this, this weekend, uh, Sunday, Bramall Lane, a Yorkshire derby, where the need to be gritty and the need to to shut up shop will be there. Last I, I, I
3: think Leeds will have no problem with that. I've got a theory on Sheffield United this season. I think they're going to bomb like badly. Uh, but yeah, um, okay, let's move on. Sticking with you, Arvin, and taking a look at Arsenal. This one was, uh, after the game, it was Arsenal 2-West Ham 1. After the game, Mikel Arteta praised his side's mental strength. It, it took substitute Eddie Nketiah's a uh, late winner, to maintain their 100% start of the season. I thought West Ham were a little bit unlucky because they they created okay. many chances in this. Michael Antonio got his first of the season. Um, plenty food food for food, food of thought food for thought for for David Moyes uh, and West Ham in this one.
1: Despite yeah, the yeah, I, yeah, it was and 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 admitted after the game that his, his team had were lucky in moments. I mean they showed they should, they showed desire, don't get me wrong, but they were lucky and. Um, of course, two victories and two in Arsenal. But go back to West Ham, like what you were saying, I, I thought they had a lot of bright sparks on the day. Uh, Atom Aswaku looked really good at left back. He looked bright. He, looked, he was making inroads. And for them, it's, it's sort of the, the same story at the end of last season where Mikael Antonio kept them up. He, he, was, he was on form. He was scoring goals after the COVID lockdown. And again, he's there. He's right place, right time. He runs defences ragged. But the challenge that West Ham have and with West with David Moyes right now is they're in, in the middle of an absolute horrible run of fixtures and it doesn't matter for them whether they play well, whether there's bright spots. they need points on the board and they haven't got any so far and I don't foresee them getting any in the next couple of games because of the teams that they have lined up. That's why I feel Moyes will be first to go. Mm. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's more encouraging than last weekend but... If if that encouragement doesn't translate to points, it's not yeah. going to be matter. And you know how the West Ham faithful are there. They're on the back of the players. It doesn't help when Mark Noble, your captain, doesn't seem very happy with how things are being run. So, a tricky next few weeks for West Ham. But better than last week, for sure.
3: Yeah, already a, a tough season ahead for West Ham. For Arsenal, though, Craig, um, despite the 100% record that Arteta has, he's got to be a little bit worried because... They fizzled out after a little while, Arsenal, and and oh, but I guess the big plus is they, they dug in and, and
2: they, yeah. they got the win. Yeah, I think uh, that 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 will be the way that Atleti looks at it because in the past um, it might have not been a game that they would have won; they would have fallen easily. Um, you know, you talk, we've spoken about Arsenal teams in the past; they lack like grit, um, the ability to dig in and, and get results. You know, even when things aren't going well, um, they didn't. You know, and, and um, yeah, I like this Arteta, uh, Arsenal side of the Arteta. They have an identity. Uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, there's, there's a style of play. Everyone knows their roles. Um, and, you know, the, the the goal that they scored, the winner, you know, was was just going back to the Arsenal Wenger days, the, the good days, you know, when yeah. you used to teams open, yeah. played really good football. And it was like a um, tap-in. <laughs> yeah, it was a tap-in, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, but they built up to that, you know, exactly. To, Ceballos and Ceballos squared it to, to Nketiah so uh, I think there's so many uh, positives to take um, they have they look like they have a good squad as well now you know they, there is some depth there um, like I said um, they, they wrote their luck a little bit I, I think sometimes you have to do in the Premier League uh, but the main thing is that you see you, you get the, the three points and they did um, I, I, I actually expect Arsenal to do something this season all right Brilliant stuff. We're off for another break. We come back, we talk
3: about everybody's favourite song. Immediate thrust, recognisable
0: certainty, and a nasty dig in the ribs. Off the ball on BFM
3: 89.9.
2: They are off and running in 2021.
3: Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Off the ball with me, Ross, on a Monday evening, along with Cam Razlan, Craig Marais, and Arvin Sidhu. You can tweet at BFM Radio. Also, do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, Lots of big scores this weekend. Southampton 2, Tottenham Hotspur 5. Cam Razlan, Son Hyun Min with 4 goals. Harry Kane with Four assists. Harry Kane only had three assists for the entire of last season. He's really got four in this one game. Um, what a game. This was this was a well, ding-dong match to watch this one.
0: A beautifully taken goals from Son. And uh, four assists from Kane and one goal, which is not a bad uh, return. Um, and I, I, it was nice also to see Harry Kane is very good, actually, and playing slightly, well, behind. The 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 striker and playing like a Perlo. What's the Italian term? A tricotista or whatever. You know, yeah, he's... yeah.
3: Like a false <laughs> nine kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and he's pinging these beautiful passes, which in the air, in the previous times, Harry Kane should have been on the end of.
2: But yeah. Son is.
3: Yeah, I mean, this, this Craig. This is because Southampton were playing with an even higher line in in that second half, and they got yeah. punished because Kane. It was telepathic. He wasn't even looking. For half of those passes, he literally just swung his foot knew, and knew yeah. that that Son would be there, right?
2: Yeah, and, and I think Mourinho deserves a little bit of credit here um, because when they were 1-0 done, um, obviously a great goal by Danny Ings, um, they started the match off and Son was on the left. Um, and, and then you, you could just see that, that change, in the slight tweak of the formation where, you know, Son goes up front, Kane drops in a little bit deeper, um, and which allows it because it drags... Uh, the defenders towards Kane, and yeah. it creates that space at the back for for Son to run into. So you talk about him, you know, not even needing to look up. He knew as soon as he gets half a yard, there's space that deep. If he plays it over the top, you know, Son's through. Um, what a performance by Son! Absolutely fantastic.
3: As a manager, I I thought, right, you've got got to take him off now. He's got three. He's got three. And then he goes in and puts in his fourth. I think Jose thought, if I leave him on, he might get six or something. But uh, uh, this game, uh, a couple of things, Arvin, I I want to highlight. Um, If you add Bale to Son and Kane, that's going to make that Spurs front line world class, don't you think?
1: It is. And it's really interesting uh, how a signing without even the player being on the pitch, a signing can kind of rejuvenate the the, the squad and give it a very fresh feel to how they play football. Uh, Bale has come, but there are reports that he's going to be missing for at least four to six weeks because he got injured on international duty. So um, he's not going to be there yet. Uh, And then they've got Sergei Regolon coming at left back, which is going to add on to it. Jose likes his fullbacks. He's got Doherty on the right, Regalon on the left. But like you were saying, um, it, it just feels that the roles that Son and, Kane and and Bale will play is very much on the wings and kind of coming inward. And like what Cam says, Kane will be the provider at the back. And with that speed and that guile that the front three has, it's, I struggle to think. I mean, of course, we've talked about the Liverpool front three for many a years. Mm. But United, no. Uh, Chelsea, not proven yet. Arsenal, Lacazette comes in and out.
3: Agüero uh, looks is, like he's going to be missing yeah. for a while for City. Missing
1: exactly. So this is a world-class front three, and uh, Jose has been given what he needs—the tools that he's needed. It's now up to him to deliver. My only hope is he doesn't shackle them like how he tends to shackle attacking players. let yeah, let them play, let them go on and express themselves. Now, yeah, like I
2: was, uh, i mean, sorry. Uh, just when we come to Bell, you know, we know what a world-class player he is or can be, but you know, he, at Real Madrid, he hasn't played for like two years or something.
1: Exactly. I don't
2: know if that. I don't know if that's. You know, going to take him a little bit longer to, to kind of adjust because I saw him play for Wales um, in, during the international break. He looked out of it. And he he, looked, out of he it. looked out of it. You know, apparently, apparently
3: the, the golf club application takes four to six weeks to come in. So he, he, he might be. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> on the serious side of this is Della Alley's been omitted again. Jose quoted as saying, I have too many players too many. in certain positions. This is Della Alley we're talking about, yeah? I'm um, England's Della Alley. Uh, who would walk into most sides here? Uh, your thoughts immediately, Cam. Uh, is, is Jose being Jose, or, or I mean, world-class management, or, or is he is he missing out on something here?
0: Oh God, Jose Mourinho. I mean, he knows how to really pile it on his own players, doesn't he? But has Deli Ali? I mean, Deli Ali's had ups and downs. Uh, yeah. uh, he's, he's still a young Over fellow. Last year, had,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, and has he ever been uh, called out for that? Have managers ever? If you've, if you've watched All or better. Nothing,
3: if you've watched the the Amazon documentary All or Nothing, one of the things Jose constantly says to Deli is, "You're a really bad trainer," and and that that so for managers that. is is a massive thing because if you don't put it in training, you, you basically don't get picked for sides. But but yeah, yeah I but mean,
0: maybe Deli Ali needs that. I don't know. Do you reckon uh, he's you on his way to... out? Yeah, but,
2: but 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 if we look at you know Deli Ali and Pochettino, you know different you know i don't think i mean as far as we know there weren't any issues with that yeah he was producing on the field i actually thought he'd he'd play this weekend because um in midweek spurs looked really exactly uh, really bad and they lacked that little bit of spark creativity um so i thought he'd walk into that side but yeah it's jose being jose
3: Yeah. Strange one that, um, Della Ali omitted again. We'll, we'll see what happens. Spurs actually have a massive week ahead of them. I'm not sure it's fair. They play Carabao cup on Tuesday and then they go to Macedonia on Thursday. To play in the Europa league qualifier. Um, yeah, well done for finishing sixth or seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's gotta be punishment. Um all right. We'll we'll speak about Spurs and, and sod I'm I'm sure throughout the season and, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Gareth Bale actually uh fuses into this Spurs side. We of course haven't even mentioned Raj Regu- who who also came with Bale. Interesting that Reguion said, uh, Bale's my idol.
1: I thought, Oh, hang on. Bit of yeah, uh, there's a photo there's a photo of them when Bale joined Madrid and Reguilon was a very young boy, and now they've put that photo together that they're in, in Spurs. So there seems to be something where Reguilon looked up to him when he was a very young boy, and there's a photo to prove it. So,
2: should, should I we say very good business by by, Very, very good business.
1: Yeah. Should
3: we be worried by, by, uh, for, for Southampton? That's their third defeat since the season started. They got, they got knocked out by Brentford in the Carabao yeah. Cup. Um, and, and yet again, same as last season, taunted at home, which can't be a good thing.
0: I was, I was really surprised because I was certain that Southampton got relegated last season. <laughs> so I, I was really surprised to see them. So I, I guess, you know, for me, I've already said my goodbyes. And, uh...
2: and then you see them again but, on, your, on your TV screen. But the, <laughs> the
3: caveat to this, Craig, is the fact yeah. that it was like this last season. There was a 9-0 loss, but yeah. they stuck with Hassan Hutzel and and he did. Uh, get his point and, and methods across. Are they going to do that again? Will it work again? You reckon?
2: Um, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I think they'll. I mean, do we have to be worried about Southampton? I don't think so, uh, because I think you know you have got Fulham, West Brom. I think they're worse teams. West Ham, uh, they're worst teams. Then them. Um, I, I like Hasanotto, I think he's a good manager. Uh, Southampton play a really good brand of football. And you've got but Danny defensively Ings, at well. the back. They just leave themselves. Yeah, but they just leave themselves so open um, yeah. at the back. And you know, we talk about defensive naivety. Um, Norwich last season, leads a little bit this season. I mean, it's no different. It's exactly the same. Mm. Um, he needs to short that defence. Um, he, he did He did sign a, a couple of defenders, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Carl walker Peters obviously, uh, he signed. And there was a centre-back who I don't think has played yet. Um, but the goalkeeping situation as well um, Alex McCartney for that first goal from yeah. Son. you know indecisive does he come out does he stay on his line um, and I think as a keeper you know you've got to make a decision either you're going to go or you're not going to and the worst thing you do is change your mind halfway through you do something <laughs> which so is what he, gives he that did a striker, yeah. which is what he did and then sort of seen that and he's like licking his lips straight away as soon as he gets into the box um, do I worry about Southampton? to know I think they'll be okay Um, I think, you know, someone like Danny Ying's up front, um, you know, as long as he gets his goals, they'll be all right. But they do need to start getting some points in the broadcast. All
3: right. Harry Kane is the first player to be directly involved in five goals in one Premier League goal, one goal, four assists, since Mo Salah did it against Watford in 2018. But Kane is the first guy to assist four goals for one teammate in one match. So there you go. Uh, Leicester last season uh, were, well, they were up top for a while. And in fact, after the weekend's matches, Leicester City find themselves top of the pile. Leicester 4 Burnley 2 Brendan Rodgers says, Arvin, that his team are not even thinking about it. They're just getting on with it. But uh, this was a game where we saw young Harvey Barnes, England under 21 international, really take the centre stage. I only saw the highlights of this. When I woke up in the morning, you see Leicester win 4-2, you go, oh, how many has Vardy scored? But then, but then you check, and it's Harvey Barnes here, assist there. And, but um, they were good, Leicester.
1: They were, and, and Harvey Barnes showed a lot of this last week as well, because he, he was someone who constantly was threatening, he was constantly getting into the right spots, but he just couldn't finish. Last week, he just couldn't finish. He had a couple of chances, one of the fours and such. But this week, it came, came to it because he's, he's always been a player for me. that in This is back to even when he was on loan at West Brom. He's always been a shoot-on-sight type of a player. He will always take an opportunity. And this week, it's, it's worked out for him. Besides a goal, he was there for an assist as well. And interestingly enough, they, they, they had a young boy, Jimmy Dunn, who made a debut as well. And, and he will remember a goal forever that he scored as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, in all sense, um it's Leicester, for me, bombing forward, great. Uh, they've signed Kengis Under, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the yeah. tur- Turkish player who will come in. Very tricky. Well, apparently, um, he's best so, mates with Soyuncu. Soyuncu, exactly. So, it it's it very. Um, it's going to be interesting how he's able to consolidate these things. Um, James Justin, for me, is developing into a very nice um, player who can play in multiple positions at the back. Ricardo Pereira is still going to come back from injury. So, encouraging signs for Leicester as we go along. Uh, But again, it's just what happened last season. I repeat, cannot happen again this season. And hopefully, they've learned from that.
3: All right. Well, Burnley were without five first-choice players. But uh, physical disadvantage of not having played in the first weekend like everybody else. Uh, So, yeah, we'll we'll see how how, um, Villa and and Man City uh, get on. So, that's your weekend's game so far. Eight matches uh, played. Uh, we, an impressive win for Brighton we didn't mention at Newcastle more pie, with, with a couple of <clears throat> a very good win considering they started with a home loss last season right we're off for our final break when we come back then we'll preview some of the midweek action for you
1: 5 yards out, unchallenged unmarked, makes
3: absolutely no mistake Off the ball on BFM
0: 89.9 The serial winner got another trophy
3: for the cabinet. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Cam, Roslan, Craig Marias, and Arvin Sidhu here taking a look at Aston Villa against Sheffield United. This one's a 1am 1 kickoff. Cam, are you going to be watching it? Jack Grealish with, with his five-year uh, I- deal?
0: I really do like Jack Greenish. And uh, for that reason, I've always
3: looked at the Villa results ever since um, last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I'm really pleased that Villa survived. And,
0: and now with Villa surviving and with Leeds joining, I think we have all of the, the biggest clubs in the country in the Premier League. Do we not? Um, but uh,
3: Yeah, all the big names.
0: Yeah, but can they can they do it again? Um, I I as as uh, Craig said earlier, there are worse teams, perhaps. Mm. Um, it's really bad. It's so sad when you're you're banking on there being worse teams than yourself.
3: Well, they will have Emi Martinez, the brand new signing from Arsenal, in goal for them. They've also got uh, the the up front Oli Watkins, uh, who who they signed from from. Uh, Brentford. Uh, what about Sheffield United this season? I I, I actually think they're going to have a really really tough season. Last season they were unlucky not to to finish with a European spot, maybe. But I don't know. I saw their first game, Craig, and yeah, do you know what I mean? I think they're going to have a very tough time of it this season.
2: Yeah, I think against Wolves last week it was a case of you know they conceded um, you know two early goals and that kind of like. Ruined the the whole match. It was goals that we wouldn't see. Sheffield United concede exactly. Um, you know, last season. So, which was the big thing? I thought in the second half they were a lot better. Actually, um, um, uh, they, they hit the the, the post. Um, they, they had a, uh, they made a couple of changes. Um, I agree with you. I don't think they'll hit the heights of last season. Um, are they relegation? Uh, you know, are they one of the favourites for relegation? I don't think so. Uh, but they'll be in that battle. They'll be in that battle between the top, uh, between the bottom three, uh, for me. Um, but I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. What about I, I what about Villa?
3: Lucky. Have they made enough signings to to solidify from last season? You reckon?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, Villa. Uh, what what they really lacked was sorry about that. What they really uh, lacked was goals uh, for me. You know, they they, they couldn't get a striker that could score them. Watkins has gone off to a really good start at yeah. Villa, uh, scored against United, scored midweek. Um, and, you know, is he the guy? Is he going to be the guy uh, that, that keeps Villa safe? Um, I'd like to think so, you know. I think he's got a bit about him. Um, you know, he's played in the English league before. Uh, Green is signing a new contract. I think that's massive for them. Yeah. I do think the Martinez signing is a very good signing as well. Mm. You know, it shores them up a bit at the back. Um, I'd like to think they'll be okay. Um, there's something, there's something about Villa that I, that, that I kind of like. I like, um, and, and Dean Smith. So um, I think Villa will be okay. All right. Uh, well,
3: she- Sheffield United haven't started a top fight flight campaign with two consecutive defeats since seventy three seventy four. That one is a one a.m. kickoff Tuesday morning. Aston Villa against Sheffield United. Wolves take on Man City at three uh, fifteen. Wolves have one win under their belts, um, it is one of the hardest games any team is going to face because, I mean, Man City, based on reputation and, and you know, Pep would have been chomping uh, after seeing Liverpool start the season, Arvin. But City are already playing catch-up, aren't they?
1: Yeah, but, but Pep will relish this, Ross. I mean, Pep has been always been someone who, and I found it quite Quite, I was reading an interview from him this past week and there was, because his contract runs out at the end of this season and he's actually come out in a very humble manner to say, I need to earn my next contract. He's coming to his fifth season with City. This is the longest he's ever been with any club. But he said he and wants found, to stay, right? Yeah, he does. And I found it very humbling that he had to come out and say, judge me on this season. If I, if I earn a contract, it's because I've done well this season. And Pep is not someone who you would think you would associate the word being humble with. So I think City have gone about their business very quietly. Um, they haven't blown teams out of the water with, with transfers. You're just looking at Nathan A.K. and, and Ferran Torres. That, that's it. That's all they've done. But he's also come out and said, I'm satisfied with, with my squad. All this really translates to, you know Pep is working on that training ground. He's making it work. So I expect them to come out Guns blazing on this one. Wolves have been impressive, don't get me wrong. Mm. But Pep, on his day, another level for City, really.
3: All right. Well, Wolves, Craig, will be without Diogo Jota, whom they sold yeah. to Liverpool. But I understand they're on the verge of signing Nelson Semedo from Barcelona. He's right back. He's going to come in and replace Matt Doherty, I guess.
2: Yeah, uh, we, were, we were a bit concerned about that position, actually. Uh, Traore started there last week. Um, you know, and you know he 's more more of an attacking player than he is a, a defensive one um so so that was an area that I was a little bit worried about for for wolves, but they obviously you know went out they 've signed Semedo. who who's a good signing um you know Barcelona in all sorts of mess really to be fair um, so um it's, you're talking about a young right back young fullback um i i 've seen him play before, I like him uh, good signing by wolves. the Jota sale surprised me a lot because talking about a 23 year old um i think you know he he's absolutely fantastic he's, he he wasn't there for very he's long, long either yeah, yeah he's a couple of years i think if that yeah. um he was you know, he's one of those players that you know, he's got something special about it. he's got that low center of gravity he's a quick uh, it, stunning it, sorry,
3: isn't he going to get less game time
2: at liverpool yeah 100% which is why i found it a little bit weird i mean he's not going to get ahead of any of the front three there um, unless you know they they're going to play him in a more central position in, in three, but they're really stacked in the in the midfield area as it is. So I really can't see where he's uh, how he's going to fit in. I mean I can use Shaqiri as an example, you know who's been there. It's hardly featured for them, um, and and Klopp doesn't like to bench um, his front three. He really doesn't like to. So um, it, it's interesting interesting to see. Um, but you know what do I think was I thought they started off really well last season. Uh, it's going to be tough for City this, very tough. Um, Wolves have kind of been their bogey team before, um, and you know, with City not playing the first game week, could this, uh, you know, we, we touched on Burnley, we touched on Man United, um, similarly. Can 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 Pep like, you know, pull it out of the bag? Because City, uh, it's not a great win to start the season against Wolves, it's a yeah. tough fixture for them.
3: Plus, um, as you know, Liverpool are six points
2: ahead of you already. Well, there you go, you're You're already yeah. ready under pressure straight away. Exactly. So, uh, I I can see an upset
3: here. Well, Pep Guardiola has never lost three consecutive league games to a single opponent ever. He's on the verge of doing it. Three fifteen kickoff, Wolves against Man City. Very quickly, then let's have a look at that. There's a round three of the Carabao Cup happening on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's spoken about a massive squad cameras, Lund, but uh, Jose Mourinho is going to have to change the entire starting 11. I reckon when they take on Leighton Orient. Now this one's a, a what? 1am kickoff for us on, on uh, Wednesday morning. I'm sure you will be no, that one. Yeah.
0: No, I, I couldn't care less about Car- <laughs> I've never, I've, the league cup for me is, is a waste of time, but Jose Mourinho takes it seriously. It's uh he likes to win something, and if he can win something early in the season, because I think the final's like next Thursday, it's so early. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, you know, he will take it seriously, and yes, he will. Uh, he will uh, turn. Th- he will replace the entire squad, but he will want to
3: win this. They're, they're, I mean, they're important games. You, 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 you get the feeling that teams like West Brom need to to get some form behind them. They host Brentford. Craig, that that's a yeah. bit tasty. That's for leftovers from last yeah. season. I'm sure Brentford will will have a say in it as well, right?
2: Yeah, uh, but I mean, then again, I, I just go on what Cam said. Um, does will literally replace the whole team, and I know form is yeah. important. And it's yeah. good to get, for them to get a win, but does he want to tie his his, his squad up this early? Probably on? not. Um, I think I, yeah, I think I think there'll be mass changes. Priority is always to stay in the Premier League, especially for. Uh, for, for someone like West Brom, so expect a lot of changes
1: there. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a good it's a good point there because Leeds got knocked out last week against Hull. They made wholesale changes; eleven players out. They would have traded that for anything for the three points against Fulham this weekend. Yeah. And I mean the past weekend. Now you've got West Brom for playing Brentford, but they play Chelsea next week at, at the end of this weekend. So you really have to balance: is the Carabao Cup next round progression more important, or three points, yeah. and you want to avoid three defeats in a row? So I agree with Craig. I bet Westbrook would be willing to throw this game away, not literally, but at yeah. <laughs> trying to get something in the weekend. Well,
3: you're right. You could probably say that for most of the teams. But Man United will want to get some game time under their belts. They're away at Luton Town. Uh, that's a, a Wednesday, 3.15am kickoff. And then you've got Fulham against Sheffield Wednesday on Thursday. You've got Preston against Brighton. You've got Chelsea against Barnsley, Fleetwood Town against Everton, Leicester City against Arsenal, I guess that's a standout one, Morecambe against Newcastle United, Spurs are in action on Thursday, they travel to Macedonia to take on Shekdinia. Um, yeah, good luck with that one, I don't know which team's turn <laughs> up for that, but uh, yeah, that's your football midweek, uh, we're about done here, all I've got time is to say thanks to Kam Thank you, Ross. Uh, thank you to Craig Marias.
1: Thank you very much, Ross.
3: And, and thanks to you, Arvin Sidhu.
1: Thank you, everyone. Talk soon.
3: Yep. Have a great week. Enjoy your football. We'll be back on Friday. Bye now.
1: Off the Ball every Monday on BFM
3: 89.9. Thank
0: you for listening to this podcast.